Hi and welcome to You, Me and BPD. My name is Sean Keyes and I like to talk about mental health and its effects on people. I have a borderline personality disorder and every week I'm going to try and talk about my own personal experience with mental health and hopefully it'll help you and let's go. So uh, last week I was chatting about the brain and this week I said I'd talk about food. And food for me is huge. It's a huge aspect of my life now that I understand my own well-being and how to keep my well-being going. I would argue the case that food is absolutely number one. It's number one for myself, key. It's, it's, the, it's the main reason that I can actually co-op. If I was to, you know, I'll, I'll always break my life down into a couple of segments like sleep, food, exercise, reflection. Uh, definitely sleep and food would be number one, number two, you know, definitely, 100%. Because the food we eat is so important. And so that's why this week I'm going to talk to you about food. I'm going to see, can we try and understand a little bit more about food, even though we all do it every day? Do we know why we do it? What's the reasons we do it? You know, and before I start, I'm not a nutritionist. I got into food in a big way over 10 years ago because... I figured out that food helped with my moods. Bad food helped me become worse with my mood and good food made me feel better. And I was looking into it going, every time I eat, my mood would change depending on what food I put in. And over the years, I've researched food more and more and then looking into the gut and what happens down there with the boys when they're helping break down food and whatnot. And anyway, long story short, I've basically come a long way with my mental health because of food. So, if you look at food, as a species, every species has their own food groups. You know, the lions eat meat, all predatorial animals eat meat. Um, you have the herbivores that eat grass and leaves and shrubs and stuff like that, and that's their design. And human beings as a species are omnivore. Basically, we can eat vegetables and meat. But one of the main things is what's, what's important for a human being? What is it that makes us, us, we'll say, compared to a lion or a, a cow that eats grass? And what science seems to understand is this. We cope better on a vegetarian diet with small amounts of meat. So I'm not saying don't eat meat, I'm just saying we cope better. Our diet, according to science, is that it would be mainly nuts, seeds, fruit, and veg, and then a small portion of meat. Reasons being is because we have gut bacteria, and the gut bacteria that reside inside of us, they are little organisms that live inside of our gut, and each one of them has their own little function, and they all do their little bits and pieces to help the body maintain itself. So basically, they eat the fiber of the food. The fiber that you uh, consume on a daily basis, they eat the fiber. That's what they need. Excuse me. So when you eat, basically what's happening is when your stomach breaks down the food and breaks it into smaller particles and so on and so forth, basically what's, what is supposed to happen is the food you eat is supposed to make another body. That's the beauty of... Uh, human body or anybody really that eats is that you basically eat food and then that food becomes a human being or a line 
or the grass becomes a cow. And you're basically converting a food into a species, which is remarkable when you think about it. So what you eat is basically what you're saying, will you make a human being out of this? That's the basics of it. As far as I look at food, you put something into your mouth and you're basically saying, will you be able to make a human being out of this? Can you convert this into a human being? So as a species, we ate nuts, seeds, fruit and veg. We were hunter-gatherers. It's a big deal nowadays. It's all talked about. We got up, we went off hunting and gathering. And we picked up seeds and berries and fruit along the way and we ate them. We might have caught a bit of wild game. We might not have. So our diet basically consisted of nuts, seeds, fruit and veg, mainly. And for hundreds of thousands of years, we survived as a species on that. And we got on pretty good. We, you know, we lived to an average age of 40, which was fair enough. We had enough time to reproduce, which is basically all that evolution wants. It just wants you to basically reproduce, and I'll see you later. Uh, after the invention of penicillin in the 1900s, yes, we started living longer. However, our diet started to change. Our diet started to change in 1944, when the first fridge was invented, I think by an American man. And then everything started to change. We were no longer eaten as we used to eat. So from 1944, if you think about it, from 1944 and we're 2020 now. So in, in, in you could say 76 years, in 76 years, there's been a huge shift in how the human being has consumed food. Pre-1944, everybody stored food in cold places they preserved their food by um using a brine and salt and they basically fermented their foods basically what they did is they they actually added salt to their vegetables and they kept them in jars and because the vegetables were in the jars for so long they actually started creating a bacteria which was friendly for the human being. So previous to 1944, human beings would have been preserving their own food to help them get through the winter. Then a fridge came along and our pres preserving of food stopped. But when we stopped preserving food, we stopped consuming bacteria. And it's my belief, um, and I argue this case, not qualified, but I argue the case, that's the key as to why we suffer so much with mental health these days. We've done a huge shift in a human being that the human being wasn't able for. We went from consuming bacteria on a daily basis to not consuming bacteria. And basically, you can't, in my opinion, and from what I'm reading, you can't just turn a species around that quickly. 75 years. You just can't do that with a species. They're not able to turn around that quickly. According to science, in 200,000 years, we haven't changed one bit. So in 200,000 years, we haven't evolved to a different species, as in, in any other way. So 75 years will mean nothing to us. But in 75 years, we've absolutely, totally changed our diet. Previous to 1944, we ate stews. Everything was put into a pot. It was put into a pot, it was boiled up, and you ate it. The next day... It was cooled off that night. Bacteria would have started to form on the food. The next day it was boiled up again. That bacteria would have died. 
that bacteria then would have become food for the live bacteria that's inside your gut again and they would have had a handy meal eating that and that's how we survived simple absolutely simplicity and now what you have is processed foods you have foods that are man-made and and again if you look at everyone you know i'm big into bacteria because when i figured out bacteria and i figured out with myself again i'm saying this is for me i'm not saying this is a cure for everyone for myself i figured out that bacteria for me it just it won the case it was the end of my mental health to a degree the end of my anxiety do i still suffer every now and again yeah i cycle i call it cycling i cycle maybe once twice uh I won't say a month, but I would cycle. I would definitely cycle where my mind is trying to figure itself out even further. But I don't suffer in a sense that I'm, I lose work or I'm out of work or I might just go into myself in a little bit and figure myself out when my mind is trying to figure stuff out. So, but anyway, back to food. Basically then, the bacteria then that we stopped consuming were no longer communicating with us. And that's a huge thing. You know, this, this uh, vibration that everybody feels on the earth, and again, these are all my own opinions. You know, these people that are into the oneness and we're all connected. Well, the bacteria are all over the earth, so of course we're all connected. I mean, they're everywhere. The bacteria vibrate. That's a scientific proof. They just vibrate outward. You know, oh, I feel it, a good feeling. Everyone feels a good feeling. They don't feel a head feeling. You know, nobody says, I have a head feeling about that person. It's always a gut feeling. They don't realize they're actually saying... I have a bacterial feeling, realistic, because it's a scientific fact that bacteria vibrate. But nobody says, I have a head feeling about that person. They don't. They say, I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling or a bad feeling. And again, the, vibra- the, the bacteria in your gut will vibrate. They will vibrate outwards and create a, a vibrational energy outward. And the bacteria in someone else's gut will, back, will vibrate outward. And they will remember to a degree from experience... You have to understand the bacteria that reside inside your gut are a species of bacteria that would have been hundreds of thousands of years old, coming from mother to daughter or son each time. That's the way it works. So the bacteria are hundreds of thousands of years old, that species, you know. So when we eat food, we eat food that came from the earth. It's, it's another scientific proof is this, is that Human beings, by definition, cannot digest vegetables on their own. If there was no bacteria inside of a human being, the human being would die because the fibre couldn't be broken down. The bacteria need the fibre but can't consume it. They need a host. We're the host. We eat the the food, we break it down. They then consume the fibre, some of it, soluble, non-soluble, they then elite the fibre and as a result then they'll give us the nutritional value from that food and we will feel either bad or good. And basically that's it as well. If, you, if you're unsure about how you feel, you know, especially people with mental health, they never seem to pick up on the fact that, well, I feel good when I'm eating good. And then the, when they're eating good, they feel good. You, how you feel is basically the bacteria in your gut. They're the ones that are sending the messages. It's, it's the same as a car, an engine management light on in a car. It's the, basically, it's the same as the engine management light going, something wrong with the engine. You don't know there's anything wrong with the engine until that light comes on. And when the light comes on, you then go to a mechanic. 
when you feel bad after eating food, that's the engine management light on. That's the bacteria saying, listen, whatever you just consumed, that's not good for you. We're not happy, so we'll make sure we make you feel bad. Everyone puts it down to anxiety, or it's mommy or daddy, or it's Uncle Tom, as I say. But realistically, and I ask this question all the time when I'm chatting to people, what did you eat two days ago, yesterday? Did you eat a really good meal? Was it full of nuts, seeds, fruit and veg? Was, was your day consumed with nuts, seeds, fruit and veg, and lean amounts of protein? You know, fish, chicken, whatever. Was it, you know, or was it processed? Did a man touch it? Did he make his own little, you know, tricks into it? Did he add stuff into it that really we can't cope with as a species? You know, if you give, you give a rat sugar, he'll eat the sugar. If you give him cocaine, they'll take cocaine, but generally they'll go for the sugar. You know, it's an addiction. We have to go for sugar. Sugar is, sugar is, it has to be the most addictive thing on the planet. It has to be because we wouldn't survive as a species. If we didn't get pleasure from eating food, we wouldn't survive. We get pleasure from eating food. And that's where it causes other trouble as well. You get something that's man-made, they're not trying to feed you. They have scientifically spent millions of euros on their product making sure that they hit the sugar part of your brain for pleasure and that sweet spot for fat. Because we crave fat, because we can store fat for the winter and sugar which is instant, that gives us energy right now. So if we, need in, if we need energy now, sugar is fantastic. So in, you know, that's why fruit and all these things are fantastic, instant sugars. Fat for the winter. Helps just in case you're not gonna eat during the winter. But that's the basic principle, is why we crave sugar and fat. What do manufacturers do? They hire people that are scientists, that understand human evolution, they understand how we evolved, how we uh, crave certain things, fat and sugar. And then what happens is they make sure they ramp them up so that when we eat them foods, it activates the primal part of our brain that we simply can't help. We're gone into primal. Once you're in a primal position, you're no longer in control. So it's important to understand that as well. I mean, nuts, seeds, fruit and veg, they have all that's in them. There's nothing, there's nothing missing. If you eat a varied diet, there's nothing missing out there. And the thing about it as well is this. This is an important thing to remember with food. The bacteria, each bacteria you have in your gut craves a certain amount of food. You have bacteria in your gut that crave fat and they'll send signals for you to go for fatty foods. You have bacteria in your gut that crave carbs, and they'll send signals for you to eat carbs. You have also bacteria that will crave vegetables. The, the surprising thing is, according to science, if you crave sweets, you're lacking in vegetables. Which, you know, anything I say, look it up. I've looked up all this stuff. If you're craving sweets, you are lacking in vegetables in a multitude of the rainbow, as they call it, eating vegetables. Because each bacteria in your gut wants their food. That's why they say eat a varied diet. The reason you eat a varied diet is you're feeding potentially all the gut bacteria you have inside you. And if every one of them get fed, they're all happy. But what happens with the gut bacteria is this. When you overly feed one of them, Say the fat one, let's just call it the fat one. There's one down there for fat. 
If you overly feed the one for fat, which generally is processed foods, processed foods are laced with fat, what happens is, is that you will actually put that one in full control. You will be feeding it. So let's, uh, to give you an analogy of it is this. You have two workers. You know, you have your fat one there and a uh, fat worker, we'll say like the fat um, bacteria, not fat as in size. And the other worker then is say uh, your, you know, your vitamin B12, to want for a better word. Let's just say that's what the other worker is, right? Well, when you give one worker all the food that has fat, well, then he's fed. But the one that needs, say, broccoli, you didn't eat broccoli, well, he's not been fed. So obviously this one is going to be stronger. So that's the one that's going to be most dominant. So if you're craving specific foods, it's 100% that you have basically just fed one species. And how, to, how do you actually overcome it? You just eat a variety of diet. You won't want to. In the beginning, you won't. Because it, this is another thing that I find fascinating about bacteria. You're not in control. People think they're in control or somehow they're, you know, they're doing their own thing in life. That's just simply not the case. It's, it's not that I'm mad. Well, <laughs> we can question that one later. If you are fully in control, don't be angry. Don't be upset. Don't be anxious. If you get a flu, don't be sick. I mean, you're bigger than a flu. Why are you, why are you listening to you know, Why are you breaking down? Because you're not in control. The bacteria that are inside you call the shots. They're the ones that call the shots. They need you as a species to survive. If you're not performing well enough, well, basically what bacteria do is like any other species. You take a cow or a deer or any other, any form of species, because bacteria are everywhere. You take any, anything, a deer, the minute the deer isn't getting, is not well, it'll slow the deer down. It'll make sure the deer isolates itself. It'll stand away from the rest of the herd. So why? So it can be picked out and eaten because it's no longer viable for the species. The bacteria don't care the fact that it's going to be eaten because I mean, they're everywhere. It's, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's a fox or a bird or a worm. Bacteria are everywhere, trees, everywhere doesn't matter to them it's an ecosystem or a consciousness as people like to say what's this consciousness it's fucking bacteria as far as i'm concerned they're just all vibrating outward you know so human beings what happens to human beings when they're not well they isolate themselves same as every other animal they stay away from their own species lock themselves into a room they think they're doing it they're not bacteria are doing it because that's what they do, to make sure if you're not well, you're not performing as the species should be, well then we'll just isolate you. That's what we do. They do it to every animal. Look it up again, that's what happens. This is why wolves are able to smell cancer. It's beneficial for the wolf to be able to smell cancer in a deer so he can eat the deer. That way that deer is gone. It's no longer viable for the species. Thankfully humans, we get to enjoy life. But you feed them. As I say, feed the little feckers. Feed them. If you don't feed them all, then some of them become dominant. And if they become dominant, that's what you're thinking. That's what you're thinking. And everybody, again, I talk to, everyone goes, I feel so great when I'm eating well. And how do you feel when you're eating processed foods? I feel terrible, but I'm, I just, I'm, I crave them or I can't help eating them. 
The thing about not being able to help eating processed foods is 100%. It's very hard not to. I myself have huge addiction to food. It's huge. But I understand that you actually force yourself to eat food. Good food. You know, drink a smoothie. Drink a smoothie. Blend up all them fruits, veg, whatever you want, nuts and seeds. Put them into it. Drink it down. There's nothing you can... There's, if you make a smoothie, right... Takes about a minute to two minutes, max two minutes to make a smoothie. Out of the freezer into the into the smoothie maker. Your nuts, your seeds, fruit and veg. Make it. Drink it down. By the time you think about it and have it consumed, is less than three to four minutes, right? Once you consume the smoothie, there's nothing can be done. The bacteria that they're going to feed are going to be activated. There's nothing can be done. You know, people say, oh, I have trouble eating. You shouldn't have trouble eating. You shouldn't have trouble eating if you just throw that smoothie into you. Get it in. Because once you consume it, there's nothing can be done. You're no You've done what you needed to do and the bacteria will take over. That's their job. Their job is to actually do what they do. But if you don't feed them, if you don't feed them, they can do nothing for you. And you'll become depressed, you'll become anxious. And people argue this case with me. And I'm living fucking proof that yes, you can have a great life. Yes, you won't have tipper topper days, as I just say, every day. But nobody does. But I'm a testament, a hundred percent. I cope well. I absolutely cope well because of food, my sleep. You know, definitely them too, hundred percent. So processed foods. You know, again, when you eat food. You're basically asking that food to become a human being. To become a human being, you need protein to regenerate cells. You need nutrients, your vitamins, your A's, your D's, your E's, your K's, your zincs, your minerals, calcium, magnesium. <clears throat> the amount of things you need to be a human being. And you need them in food. The thing about it is, when you eat a varied diet of nuts, seeds, fruit and veg, you're getting them. It's not a problem then. You're getting them into you. You're getting them, you're getting them in. But when you're eating processed foods, comes out of a box. A man made it. The man that made that processed food does not have you in mind. He has his profit margin in mind. You know, that's what he has in mind. When you eat that food, you have to be aware that this is how you're going to feel. You're going to feel like crap. You know, that's a fact. Your moods are dependent on the fibre you put into you. And I will argue that case with anybody. The fibre you put in. It's 100%. Here's a fact about bacteria. They produce the selenium, most of it. Selenium is a happy hormone. Bacteria produce that. Tiny amounts of your brain will produce it. But 90% of your happy hormone that makes you happy as a human being is produced by your gut bacteria. So you don't produce the happiness. Your gut bacteria do. Now, here's, listen to this carefully. If you don't produce the hormone in your body that makes you happy and your bacteria are the ones that produce that hormone, you'd want to be feeding the little feckers. You'd want to make sure they're fed because... Don't bite the hand that feeds, as I say. And if you're not feeding them, they're not going to make you happy. They're, and how they make you happy is fibre. It's one thing. When I'm chatting to people, 
and they say to me, what do you do? How do you, you know, what, what way do I eat as a person? I simplify my diet, absolutely simple. I eat 20 fibres a day. A fibre to me is a nut, a seed, a fruit or a veg. I don't even look at them in that. I go off 20 fibres. I get up every day and I have 20 fibres to eat. That's how I look at the world. In my smoothie every morning, I could have eight to 10 fibres in it. My lunch should have four or five fibres. My dinner then have another four or five fibres. All different. Once it's a different fibre and a portion size. I mean, if you look at nuts, <clears throat> small amounts of nuts are portion sizes. A spoonful of chia seeds is a portion size. Huge amounts of good fats in chia seeds. Huge amounts of good stuff. Omegas. You know, portion sizes. Eat a portion size of your fibre every day. But when you eat over 20, when I'm eating over 20 different fibres every day, I am basically making sure that the 600 to 1,000 gut bacteria that are my permanent bacteria, they're being fed. I don't do anything. They do the rest. They make up the happiness. You just eat the food, sit back, get on with your life. But this whole thing about, I suffer with mental health. I do suffer with mental health, but it's a choice that I suffer with mental health. And people aren't going to be happy with what I'm going to say next. It is a choice. It's a choice because if you're not eating, sleeping, exercising, then it's a choice. It's an absolute choice. You know, I have a food problem. I have a food problem. You know, there has to be a stage. I remember years ago, this old woman, and she said something, and it was profound. You know, your suffering mustn't be that great if you're willing to put up with it. And that was profound, what, I, what she said. And I love the older generation and their wisdom. Your suffering mustn't be that great if you're willing to put up with it. It mustn't be hard enough for you because everyone will pull their hand over the fire because the suffering is so great. It must not be that great if you're willing to put up with it. And that was profound when she said that. To listen to her wisdom, you know. Oh, I'm suffering, I'm suffering, oh, me head. Oh, and she goes, well, it mustn't be that bad if you're willing to put up with it. And I didn't like what she said at the time. I was like, fuck you. You know, I didn't like that. Who are you? And then when I look back at the wisdom, well, she was right. My suffering wasn't great enough. Basically, what I wanted back then is I wanted the Supermax, I wanted the McDonald's, I wanted the fast food, I wanted the pizza, and I didn't want to suffer. That's what I wanted. I want to eat this and be happy. But that's not the way the world works. That's not how it works, you know? It's like that phrase where your man said to the fire as he's holding the sod of turf in his hand, give me heat and I'll give you the turf. But that's not how it works. That's not how the world works. You have to make sacrifices if you want your mental health to improve. And if you don't, you won't. You know? I'm deliberately doing these podcasts because I want to put a message out there. I'm also deliberately not on social media anymore. Reasons being, I want my mental health to improve. Plus as well, if anyone has a problem with my podcast, post away. I'm never going to see it. <laughs> which is another thing which is fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely critic. Critic me to the ground if you must. I'll never see it. It won't matter. And when we meet up the town, just people basically won't say too much to anyone face to face. So that's the way that we work. Behind the screen, people are fantastic. Face to face, different kettle of fish. But anyway, back to food. Processed foods in the last 76 years have been the main thing in the world. The Westerners diet. If you look at the people in the West now, they have the highest amount of mental health. Mental health. Look at them. <coughs> highest ever. You know, 
look at the portions of food. Even I, I was looking up in, in McDonald's when McDonald's opened up in the in I think it was the excuse me the seventies. You know, the calorie portions back then was I can't be exactly sure, but I'm going to give you an average of you know your calorie portion for a meal back then was like five hundred calories, and now it's up near two thousand. You know, so like even even in the fast food back then it wasn't good but it was less calorie dense now it's huge and we're just consuming all these calories and i mean you're getting no nutrients that's the problem you're not getting your magnesium your manganese you're not getting your your calcium you're not getting your zinc you're not getting your vitamin b12 you're getting you're not getting a variety of all these things that you need and if you don't get these into your diet on a daily basis you basically can't cope you just cannot cope and that's where I argue where mental health comes from. You know, of course mental health will come from your environment, uh, you know, a, a traumatic background of a, an environment that's full of trauma constantly, of course. Nobody argues the case there. We're not designed for that. We're not designed for that level of stress. But as an adult, when you're old enough and you're out in the world and you're no longer in that environment, you have your own choices to make. They're not easy choices. As I said years ago, I want it. I guess... 100% I ate four or five takeaways a week. Yeah, I could. My money. I got tired. And I suffered hard. I drank. And I suffered more. And I smoked. And I suffered more. You know? I don't drink. I don't smoke. And I eat healthy nowadays. And I don't suffer as much. And I've, I've more pressure and stress nowadays because I have three kids than I ever had in my whole entire life. And I can cope better than I could cope years ago. Because... I figured it out. If you feed your bacteria, they do the rest. And I've done this with people. It's not like I'm just kind of guessing this for me. I've done this with people. You know, anyone that's talking to me, anyone that says, what did you do? What did you eat? Especially with borderline personality disorder. Because we are fantastic as the people go. We're not really that well liked. <laughs> because we can do stuff that others don't like that we do. Because we tend not to have a line. Anyway. For people that have borderline personality disorder, it works a treat. It absolutely works a treat. Keep it simple. Keep your diet simple. And you can control your emotions that bit more. When you don't, you can't. You know, so if the food is processed, if the food is processed, you have to ask yourself a question. You're not going to feel great. You are not going to feel great if that food is processed. If the food is natural, it came from the earth. I mean, the bacteria grow the food. It's all a bacterial thing. The bacteria grow the food. Then the bacteria in you consume and, and, and break down the fibre in the food and give you the nutritional value of the food. It's all regulated, the bacteria. But it has to be natural food. And then the other thing that I find is, is actually consuming foods that have probiotic, that have natural friendly bacteria in them. That's huge. That's another huge thing that we've stopped doing as a species. We're the only species now that don't consume bacteria. The cow when it's eating the grass will eat the bacteria from the ground. The lion when it's eating the zebra will eat the bacteria from the zebra's stomach. You know, that's how it works. And that bacteria in the zebra's stomach will help digest the food. That's how it works. We're the only species now that actually don't consume 
more bacteria to help digest our food. And that's what bacteria do. You have to, bacteria digest. Bacteria break down. That's what they do. They break the food down for you. That's their design so it doesn't rot. You know, leave a piece of meat out. It's the bacteria that will eventually eat it. That's what happens. There's bacteria in the air. There's bacteria everywhere. Bacteria on your skin. You don't even think about the bacteria on your skin. There's different species all over you. Different bac- There's a bacterial species in your armpit that's different from your elbow. That's different from your toes. The bacteria in your mouth. There's 600 species of bacteria in your mouth to help you stay alive. The average human every day, according to science, consumes enough bacteria that would make a thousand people sick. But because, thankfully, we are riddled with bacteria, they kill it. They fight it. But you have to keep consuming the bacteria. You have to help them. You consume bacterial foods that help digest the food. And once you do all these things, you become healthier. You know, if you look, I look at the, I make a fermented food, um, a sauerkraut, say, kimchi food, you know, and I have a pH tester. And the pH tester, when I dip it in there, it's, it's 2.3. A pH of 2.3. Other bacteria can't survive in that, which means the bacteria in that are safe. And they're friendly bacteria. But other bacteria, they just can't survive in that. It's, it's a pH of 2.3. To give you an idea of a pH of 2.3, a lion's stomach acid has a pH of around 2.3, something like that, because they have to be able to digest hoofs and bones. A human being's pH is about 4. A lion's about 2.3. It totally kills bacteria. If you're looking at the Kangen water, there's a water out there, Kangen water, and you know you can change the pH of the Kangen water. And you run, when you bring the Kangen water down to a pH of 2, it kills bacteria. So there you go. So no bacteria can survive in a pH of 2. It kills it. Absolutely kills it. Natural water kills the bacteria. But if the bacteria that's in the food that you've made with your hands that were washed and you've made that food and the bacteria that are in that food can survive, they're friendly bacteria. You consume that bacteria, you're basically consuming food that has a pH of 2. That's going to kill other bacteria as well that are not good for it. But we are. We can handle that. So you see, it's all a process. It's a process of eating healthy. Consuming nuts, seeds, fruit and veg, small amounts of meat. Not large amounts of meat, you know. We're not designed for large amounts of meat. We're just not. Carnivore stomach. A carnivore, every carnivore on the planet, their stomach, their GI tract, their gut length, whatever way you want to call it, is basically from mouth to arse. No, there's no other way I can say it. Whereas human beings <clears throat> have about 23 foot of a gut because we're, we have to break down vegetation. We have to break down the fibre. We have to break that down. But either way, it doesn't matter. I'm not anti-meat. I'm not anti-meat. Small amounts of meat, that's what we're designed for. The, 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 we're designed for small amounts of meat. But 100% what we're not designed for is processed food. We're not designed for processed food. We're just not designed for it. You see, this, the way the stomach works is, is pretty basic. <clears throat> the stomach works of volume. 
there's, you, you, you can eat food, but there's no calorie counter in your stomach. There is no calorie down there. You could eat, you know, to give you an idea, you could eat a plate full of vegetables, right? And you could have six or seven veg on that plate, and it's pretty filled up. And there could be about 500 calories in that full plate of vegetables. And when you eat that full plate of vegetables, your stomach is full because it works off volume. By the time it goes in and it's all broken down and you've eaten it, your stomach will fill because there's volume there. You can eat a cookie and that has 500 calories as well. The problem is that cookie, when it's broken down, it doesn't fill your stomach so you don't feel full. And that's how you put on more weight. You know, if you're unsure about how to put on weight or anything like that, it's a filling. How do you... If you're unsure about weight, you basically have to fill your stomach with the least calorie food. And that's vegetables. Vegetables. 100%. Vegetables are the least calories. Nuts have a high calorie. Seeds have a high calorie. Fruit. Vegetables don't. Out of them all, vegetables. Load it up. It'll fill your stomach. You'll feel full. The fibre makes you feel fuller. <clears throat> That's why your nuts, seeds, fruit and veg, when you eat them in their natural amounts, you know, I'm not on about eating a 200 bag of peanuts, 200 gram bag of peanuts. Yeah, you're going to put on a huge amount of it. But if you eat the majority of your food is vegetables, very hard to put on weight because you feel full. Yes, you're eating a very low calorie food. And you're getting all your nutrients as well. That's the important thing is to get your nutrients into you. And the whole system works out for itself. But processed foods don't do that. They're a high-calorie food with low nutrient. Little fibre because you can't freeze fibre too well. I mean, look at that. There's very little fibre in them. And if there's very little fibre, you're not feeding your gut bacteria. And if you're not feeding your gut bacteria, as I said earlier on, you're not going to get happy hormone. So... It really is, in my opinion, and it's only my opinion this, if you want your mental health to improve, and I'd argue the case, you eat nuts, seeds, fruit and veg. Small amounts of meat. That's it. 20 different fibres every day. Just eat, tw eat 20 different fibres for a week. Just every day. 20 fibres. I do say this to people, and they go, oh my God, it's so simple. And then they do it and they feel great. And then other people won't do it because it's too simple. But I have spent 20 years trying to simplify mental health. I didn't just magically arrive today talking on a podcast. I spent 20 years figuring myself out. And my head is pretty deep. It's a pretty deep head. It's as deep as I know. I don't know anyone else that has a mind as deep as mine. But for me, simplifying it is nuts seeds, fruit, veg, small amount of meat. Do it for a week. Don't eat any processed food for one week. And just eat that. 20, di 20 different fibres every day. That's as simple as it gets for one week. See how you feel. You'd be, you'd be amazed how well you feel. And of course, when you feel great, of course, what you do then is you go for the chipper food because you feel great and you deserve a treat. And once you feel great, you deserve a treat. And then you'll feel like shit again. But the fact is, if you eat well, You'll feel well. Because processed foods were not designed for. Absolutely not designed for. 
So I'm going to leave it at that because I've, I've gone way over what I normally want to do, which is 20 minutes. But I think this was important to actually bring it as far as I could. Nearly 40 minutes. I hope it helps. You know, to be honest, I do I hope it helps. And next week I want to talk about... I'm going to have a look here and see what do I want to talk about. Um, hypersensitive people. That might be a bad thing. Next week I'm going to talk about hypersensitivity. I'm a hypersensitive person. So next week, yeah, I think I'll talk about hypersensitive. I don't like to say mental health because we're all, if you look at anyone with mental health, they're all hypersensitive. They're all easily hurt. They're all easily, their feelings are hurt. They, they feel more than the average person. So next week, yeah, I think I'll talk about hypersensitive people. Thanks for listening. I hope it helps. And again, if you have any comments, please post them on Facebook or Instagram. I'm never going to see them. Bang ahead. Thanks very much.